Um, to all of the attendees that are, are watching live now, I do hope you're enjoying the conference. I hope you got to attend yesterday. I hope you get to go again tomorrow. And I want to welcome you to my talk on From Zero to Hero, a simple explanation of machine learning. So you may remember me from the last dedicated conference. And for those that do, I do want to give a shout out to my team Squirrel, because I know there are a lot of you connected today. Um, but today I'll be doing something different. I'm not going to talk about SQL, SQL Squirrel. I thought that with a full day segment dedicated to artificial intelligence and machine learning, I thought it would be a good idea to kind of start the day giving an intro into what is machine learning. Bring us up to speed in case I'm sure there's a lot of us that don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. So in the next 10 minutes or so, I'm going to try to explain it but in simple terms and also transmit why it's such a powerful piece of the artificial intelligence puzzle. So you're hearing a lot lately about things, not just machine learning, but deep learning, data science, artificial intelligence, robotics, chatbots, NLP, the list goes on and on. But what you should know is that a lot of this boils down to data. So new data, different data that is better than any data we've ever had our hands on before. Um, and access to these large amounts of diverse fast-moving data, it gives us the chance to really excel in domains like machine learning. But what, what is machine learning? What's going on? So I'll give you a moment. I wanted to make this a bit interactive. I want you to share your ideas in the chat. So how do you define machine learning? Um, even, if, even if you don't know, what does it make you think of? Um, how would you describe it? Or what words do you connect to machine learning? So I'll give you a couple couple moments, but share in the chat live in YouTube and, and LinkedIn, but share your ideas. What does machine learning make you think of? All right, while you, while you share your ideas, I'm gonna continue on. Um, so this is from Clark's Three Laws. This, this was written by Arthur Clark. It's a science fiction writer in the 1960s. And there's a famous quote that still lives on to this day. And he said, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. So machine learning could be one of those such technologies. But I hate to burst your bubble. It's, it's not magic. At its essence, it is statistics, it's mathematics, probability, algorithms, and usually lots of data. Machine learning is a piece of the artificial intelligence puzzle. So this diagram helps put it into perspective. Artificial intelligence is itself a branch of computer science trying to create intelligent machines. And then it branches off into many different pieces. Some of the core ones are listed here. And one of the incredible things about recent advancements in this area is that there were three things that humans always did better than machines until now. And that is recognize images, recognize text, and recognize voice. So these abilities and everything else you see listed here are all critical pieces to building that ultimate artificial intelligence. One very important piece though, arguably the most important piece is machine learning. So artificial intelligence with the ability to properly learn, it has almost endless possibilities in what it can achieve. And being able to learn, not just from others, but being able to self-learn 
opens doors to solving more and more complex problems. In order to understand it though, I wanna take a step back and we're gonna define what is learning. So learning in itself is defined as any process by which a system improves performance from experience. So machine learning then is the study of algorithms that improve their performance at some task with experience. Now Stanford defines it as the science of getting computers to act without being explicitly programmed. It gives computers the ability to make predictions, to discover patterns, and most important, it gives them the ability to get better over time as they are exposed to more and more data. Now, machine learning is so special because for many tasks, we have moved away from a rules-based approach of the past. In the past, all tasks had to be performed by writing rules, steps for a computer to follow. So tasks could be things, uh, complicated things, maybe like classifying pictures into different groups or forecasting future sales, or even playing strategy games like, like chess or Go. So in the past, engineers, developers, analysts, they would have to feed all of the rules into the system one by one. And this works okay for some things that follow a very step-by-step, well-defined, understood process. But for other tasks, it's nearly impossible to do it this way. So imagine, for example, trying to teach a computer English or, or any language for that matter. You would have to write out rules for everything, the grammar, vocabulary, the sentence structure, even very abstract concepts like jokes and sarcasm and, and double meanings. So it's just not feasible with written rules. Thankfully though, machine learning came around. So with the machine learning approach, it's kind of like the exact opposite of a rules-based approach. A machine is fed the data, and besides a bit of guidance via an algorithm, it's left free to analyze and, and understand that data on its own and to find patterns. And it can also adapt over time, it can improve, and many times it can be easily scaled. So this works nicely for those previously impossible tasks that I mentioned before, learning a language, um, recognizing images and classifying them, or playing strategy games like chess. For you to understand the implications, I wanna bring it even more down to earth. And I want you to think of how babies learn. So imagine when you were born, you did not come into the world knowing anything. You had some natural instincts, yes, but not much more knowledge about the world around you. And you could not even recognize faces or understand the different expressions and emotions that people had. But over time, over the first weeks and months, you were exposed to more and more faces and you began to recognize these faces and their features. And even as you were exposed to more, you also started to recognize smiles and frowns. And you even started to associate them with their emotions. So no one really taught you this. You, you learned by collecting data, the sensory input from all of your surroundings. And then you eventually recognized patterns and it's almost like you unconsciously assigned labels to this data in your head. So that's what we're trying to get machines to do in a way with image recognition, for example. So we feed them the data and we let them find and recognize their own patterns within it. Contrary to popular ill-advised beliefs though, machine learning is not new. It's actually been around for decades, but 
it's very much been behind closed doors, I would say, in academia. It's become a lot more mainstream now, and that's thanks to three things. So first of all, we have more data. We have big data. We have access to so much more data than we could have ever imagined, and also so many varieties, types of data. And at the same time, data generation is exploding. It's continuing to grow and grow. Um, second of all, we have this increased and cheaper computing power. And then finally, thanks to more data and thanks to increased um, computing power, and also it's cheaper, we have better algorithms. And, and these are algorithms that just simply weren't possible before, either because they must run on a lot of data and it was data that we didn't have, or because the processing power, it wasn't feasible, or maybe it wasn't affordable. Under the hood, machine learning has many different algorithms. It's not just a one size fits all concept. There's lots of tweaking involved. And also it's very important understanding your problem and understanding your data at hand. So you can, you can ultimately decide what algorithm best fits. There are also, there's, there's hybrid learning models, but putting those aside, there are three main types of learning. So I would say algorithms usually fall into one of these three buckets. The first one is supervised learning or learning by example. So this includes a lot of basic algorithms that you may be familiar with if you studied statistics, things like regression. So supervised learning means that you have a dependent variable, let's say the price of a plane ticket. And this, this dependent variable depends on other independent variables things like the origin and destination, the airline, the trip dates, the browser cookies. And in these cases, then we have historical labeled data to train our model on. The second one is unsupervised learning or discovering patterns. So no specific historical examples are provided per se, and there's not necessarily a target variable to predict. There are no, there's no labels. So this is typically clustering, grouping customers into similar groups, for example, based on their similarities and their differences. And the last one is reinforcement learning or feedback, right and wrong. This includes models training a machine to make decisions. So they're taught via trial and error, being rewarded for good decisions and punished for bad ones. And then they continue to improve over time learning from their own mistakes, kind of the way that we as humans do. And these types of algorithms, they can be very powerful. They are used in things like self-driving cars. So this gives them the ability to be autonomous, to, to learn from their surroundings and make decisions on their own and on the spot. Now I've crammed a ton of information into the last 10 minutes. Today's talk was not meant to get technical though. This, this is a simple introduction to make sure that everyone comes more, more up to speed on the topic. So that when others later today and tomorrow, if they mention machine learning, at least you have a good understanding of, of what we're talking about here. Um, even if you have no prior experience. So if you're coming from you know, a background where you might wanna get deeper into this, um, I have a couple suggestions here. So the one to the left, this is called the 100-page machine learning book. This is a favorite by many. It's written by Andrei Burkov. And then we have to the right, a very famous course on Coursera. It, 
It regularly ranks one of the most popular courses there. This is done via Stanford and it's taught by Andrew, Andrew um, Ng. He's also the co-founder of Coursera. So you might recognize his name. Now, I really hope you, you, uh, you enjoyed our time together, but I cannot finish today without some solid book recommendations. So if you know me, then you know I love books. I gave you before the recommendation for the 100-page machine learning book, but here you have even more books on data, analytics, AI, ML, and more. So I'm going to stop, keep the screen here. I suggest you take a screenshot if you do want to look up these books later. These are all great to just learn more about, um, about machine learning and AI and things, but not on a technical level. Most of them are very approachable to any background. Um, as well, you've got a reminder for my hashtag book a week challenge. I also promote the book a month challenge as well for those that don't want to take on a book a week. Um, and as well, you have my QR code in the upper right corner. If you scan that, it'll take you directly to my page and you can follow, you can connect. I'm happy to connect with, with more of you. Um, so thank you very much for, for your time today. I'm happy to open the floor to questions, Kate. Awesome, thank you so much for that amazing overview of machine learning. And I love your book recommendations. I always follow your posts on book recommendations. I've actually read The Weapons of Math Destruction and I'm currently reading AI Superpowers as, as an audiobook. I'm listening to it. So oh, AI Superpowers is amazing. I actually have a lot of the books I have right behind me. AI Superpowers is one of my favorite. Weapons yeah. of Math Destruction as well. And then another one is Everybody Lies. Oh yes, I, I have that one. I haven't started that. It's so good, it's so good. So early in your presentation, you've asked the question for the audience. We have a lot, a lot of responses here. I'm going to go through a couple. So machine learning, Ed says, capturing logic solutions. Um, Lance says, high complexity beyond limited brain power. Daniela, input abstraction generalization. Machine learning that learns with experience. And Angel says, a formula to predict something. What are your thoughts on these comments? Uh, they, they look good. I mean, everybody has everybody has their own interpretations. At least I hope today everybody has a better um, idea of it. I hate that I couldn't see. I can't see all the comments live while I'm in the, the backstage. But later on, I'm going to go back and, and read and see what everybody was sharing. But I always encourage people, you know, I teach about this sometimes in my classes. And I like to see what people think of it as. Um, and hopefully today's talk helps it, you know, keep a, a grounded um, idea of what it can be. Absolutely. And I do have a, a question here. I knew this was, this would come up from David. How do you do it? One book a week. That's insane. It's, it's, it's actually the most common question I get on LinkedIn. Because it's the most common question I get, I wrote an article about it. So if you go to my page, it'll be like pinned at the top. Um, but how do I do it? One of the biggest things is making it, making it a habit. So if you think about it, even if you sit down and read 30 minutes a day, let's see, 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes at night, 30 minutes a day, that's three and a half hours a week. You can, yeah. you can get through, you can get through a lot. Um, so it's the, the most important is making a habit of it and not letting a day go by that you don't stop and, and read. And I use it as a way to disconnect. Okay, yeah, that's great. I, I read a lot as well, but definitely not a book uh, a week. I, I do try a book a month, and Mark here is going to try a book a quarter. So thanks for that. That works. That works too. No, and Kate, you have kids. I've told you before, you have you have your own busy life. So 
One of them was actually just in here. She um, she was looking at your beautiful slides. She wanted to see the picture of, of the baby, and I, so I picked her up, and she was back here. Um, I was off camera, obviously, but yes, that's <laughs> they're definitely here. Um, just looking, we have a lot of great comments and questions. Um, other people commenting on what they think machine learning is, training a model. Uh, Dali says, thank you so much for that very detailed overview plus recommendations. Yeah, I think the book recommendations, you could not have left the stage without some. Um, there is a, another question here from Brianna. She's asking, what is the best book recommendation for an absolute newbie? I'm assuming for uh, machine learning specific. Yeah, I'm trying to think, and I have my my list in front of me here. Um, see, a lot of the the ones that I showed on the screen are quite good for newbies. Um, there might be a couple that are a bit more technical, but um, for example, I recently read, and it's not just machine learning; it's even more than that. It's called the Second Machine Age. Mm. It's actually okay. quite. It's a couple of years old, so it's outdated, but it's still really well done. And it gives a really um, a really good idea of the whole like AI landscape, and it's good for for a newbie. So the second machine age, second machine age, got it. And there was um, a question here on. I know you went over some of these, but what's the difference between reinforcement learning and deep learning? Yeah, so deep learning, and without getting too technical in it, but deep learning is a subfield of machine learning. And it goes with artificial neural networks, which is a type of algorithm. And you can think of it like a, a large neural network. So it has a lot of different layers. It has more depth. And it can also be very scalable. Um, reinforcement learning is, is completely different. It's the way that we learned, like I spoke about before. So deep learning, um, actually, I believe it falls into supervised and unsupervised. Whereas mm -hmm. reinforcement learning is a completely different type. Reinforcement is where they are learning from their mistakes and they're learning from feedback, from making mistakes, from doing correct things. Whereas deep learning is is these neural these neural networks. Uh, so it can be used. A neural network, for example, can be used for things like image classification. Mm -hmm. Whereas okay. reinforcement was the self driving cars or chess. Thank you for that. Um, let's take one more question. There's one more um, about books, obviously, Christina. <laughs> is each book that you read a week um, data related? That's a good question, too. I'm not that big of a data nerd. I do not read a data book a week. I read a book a week. Um, I do read a lot on the topic of data, but I also like to mix it up. And that's something I recommend to others that want to read more. Change the genre all the time. Read fiction, mm -hmm. read nonfiction read sci-fi, read historical fiction, read data books, read business books. But if you change it up as well, it also helps you not get bored, I would say. Yeah, I agree. I've actually been letting myself read multiple books at a time. I used to be very strict where I started a book, even if I hated it, I would make myself finish it, which meant sometimes I would not read for a couple of days in a row because I'm like, oh God, that book again. But That's it was a good book, right? There was just maybe yeah. some sections that were not as as great. So now I'm reading four or five books at a time, um, all the time. And then I could just keep picking up different books whenever I feel like I'm in that kind of mood. I don't know if you I, read multiple books. I've tested that for the first time. I think we've spoken about this before that I don't like to read multiple books at the same time. But what I started doing is taking these books that are full of short stories and I have it on the side. And sometimes at night when I don't want to read what I'm currently reading, I read a short story instead. Um, so it's something new I'm trying, 
but okay. you know, reading multiple books at the same time, no problem with it. And it can help you with, with not uh, doing what you did, which was procrastinating because you didn't like the current book. <laughs> yes, and I did that for a while. So I'm glad I dropped that habit of finishing a book. And now I, if I really don't like it, I won't even read the whole thing. So that was a big move for me. But yeah. Christina, um, I want to just thank you so much for your time. Great presentation. Thank you for taking questions here. And I'm going to go ahead and keep this dedicated party bus or train or whatever you want to call it moving. Um, so thank you again.